Okay. So welcome to the podcast. It is still morning, but it's 9.46 in the morning. I'm going to talk about the ministry, leadership gifts for the church. If you have a fire Bible, um, English Standard Version, then it's on page 2032. Two and through 2035 in the Bible. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Ephesians 4 verse 11. The giver, Ephesians Chapter 4, verse 11, lists the ministry gifts for Christ. Ministry gifts Christ gave to the church. These are specific God-given abilities and service roles that provide spiritual leadership and ministry for God's people in the church. Paul states that Christ gave these gifts to equip and prepare God's people for works of service. Ephesians 4 verse 12 and to promote the spiritual growth of the body of Christ the church as a whole and as individual believers as God intended, Ephesians 4, verses 13 through 16. Apostles, the title apostle is applied to certain leaders in the New Testament. The noun apostolos comes from the verb apostolo, 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 which means to send someone on a special mission as a messenger and personal representative of the sender. Acts 14 verse 4. In the Bible, this generally refers to individuals specifically called, commissioned, and given authority by Jesus Christ to be his representatives in proclaiming his original message and establishing, establishing the church. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 5, the title is used of Jesus, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. His 12 disciples, Matthew chapter 10, verse 2, Paul, Romans chapter 1, verse 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, Galatians chapter 1, verse 1, and others, Acts chapter 14, verse 4, Acts chapter 14, verse 14, Romans 16, verse 7, Galatians chapter 1, verse 19, Galatians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 6 through 7. Apostleship in a unique sense. The term is often The term apostle is often used in the New Testament in a special sense to identify those qualified as very inspired witnesses to Christ. These witnesses are those who were personally commissioned by Christ to deliver and confirm his original message and help establish the church in this sense. The apostles would 
typically referred to Jesus' 12 core disciples. Matthias replaced Judas Iscariot, Acts chapter 1, verses 21 through 26, and Paul following his supernatural encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 19. The 12 in particular are a unique company whose names will be inscribed on the 12 foundation stones of the New Jerusalem. Revelation 21, verse 14. Still other apostles mentioned in the New Testament who has special authority within the church. These include Paul, Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. Galatians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9. Who some believe actually filled the role of the twelfth apostle. As chosen by Christ himself. Although Matthias was selected by the other original disciples or apostles, among the other highly recognized apostles were Barnabas, Acts chapter 14, verse 4, and Acts chapter 14, verse 14, and James, the half brother of Jesus, Galatians 1, verse 19, Galatians chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 7. It is not clear whether Silas, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1, or 1 Thessalonians, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. Adronicus and Junia, Romans 16, verse 7, or others belonged on this level of apostleship. Apostles in... The first century were mentored by Jesus, were closely associated with eyewitnesses to Christ's ministry, Acts chapter 1, verses 21 and 22, or had a personal encounter with Jesus after his resurrection, cross-reference 1 Corinthians 15, verses 7 through 9. The uniqueness of some first Century apostles came from the fact that they were used by God to write scripture. The New Testament scripture be- being recognized as having the same authority as the Old Testament scripture, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 16, the specific role of apostle in the latter sense can no longer apply to anyone today in the same way. Ephesians 2.20 For this reason, the original apostles can have no direct successors 1 Corinthians 15, verse 8. Apostleship in a general sense. The term apostle was used in the New Testament in a general sense for commissioned representative of a church, such as a messenger appointed and sent as a missionary, or for some other special responsibility. Acts chapter 14, verse 4. Acts Chapter 14, verse 14, Romans 16, verse 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23, Philippians chapter 2, verse 25. They were Holy Spirit-filled people devoted to strong faith and prayer. Acts 11, verses 23 through 25. Acts chapter 13, verses 2 through 5. Acts chapter 13, verses 46 through 52. Acts 14, verses 1 through 7. Acts 14, verses 21 through 23. God often confirmed their message with extraordinary miracles. These leaders were dedicated to establishing churches according to the true and original message of Christ. They often risked their lives for the cause of the Lord. Jesus Christ and the advancement of his message. Acts 11, Verses 21 through 26, Acts chapter 13, verse 50, Acts 14, verses 19 through 22, Acts 15, verses 25 and 26. Apostles in this general sense are still essential to God's purpose in the church. If churches stop sending spirit-filled pioneer leaders to spread Christ's message throughout the world, then spiritual and numerical growth will be hindered. 
But as long as the church produces, develops, and sends such people as church planters at home and around the world, it will fulfill its mission and remain faithful to Christ's great commission to take his message into all the world. Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20. The apostolic task in general, a primary task of the New Testament apostles was to pioneer and establish churches and church-related ministries and to ensure that they were founded or on sincere devotion to Christ and faith in his true and original message. Cross-reference John chapter 21 verses 15 through 17, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 28, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 2 and 3, Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 through 13, Philippians chapter 1 verse 17. This task involved two main responsibilities. An urgent God-given desire to maintain the church's purity by calling for separation from sin and ungodly beliefs, behaviors, and lifestyles of the world. First Corinthians chapter five verses one through five, second Corinthians chapter six verses fourteen through eighteen, James chapter two verses fourteen through twenty six, first Peter chapter two verse eleven, first Peter chapter four verses one through five, first John chapter two verse one, first John chapter two verses fifteen through seventeen, first John chapter three verses three through ten, and a desire to proclaim Christ's message and to defend it against contradictory beliefs, new religious trends, and false teachers. Romans 16, 17, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 3 to 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, Galatians 1, chapter, Galatians chapter 1, verse 9, Second Peter chapter two verses one through three. First John chapter four verses one through six. Second John chapter Second John seven through eleven. Judges three through four or Jude three through four and Jude twelve through thirteen. A helpful distinction in terminology. Some of the original first century apostles were uniquely commissioned to write scripture, God's inspired word as recorded in the Bible, and for, the re- for that reason they must be carefully distinguished from all Christian leaders who have followed them. The 27 books of the New Testament stand apart from all other Christian literature. This Holy Spirit inspired contribution to God's written word safeguards the integrity of Christian teaching for all ages. The church must obey and remain faithful to the apostles' original writings as recorded in the Bible. To reject the God-inspired revelation of the apostles is to stop being New Testament church according, according to the biblical pattern and to reject the Lord himself. John chapter 16 verses 13 through 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verses 36 through 38, Galatians chapter 1 verses 9 through 11. But churches, local groups of believers, are remaining true to the Holy Spirit as they continue to believe and obey Christ's original message as it is revealed in his word and to guard it against all teaching that does not support the original message. Acts chapter 20 verse 28, 2 Timothy 1 chapter 1 verse 14. This kind of faith guarantees a continual flow of God's life, blessing, and presence within the church Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20, all Christian theology and doctrine, foundational teaching, basis of belief, experience, and practice, and all spiritual expressions must be evaluated in the light of God's written word as recorded in the Bible. At the same time, it is clear that certain aspects of New Testament apostolic 
Leadership were intended to continue throughout the history of the church. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 through 13. To safeguard the uniqueness of the first century apostles and their authority to write scripture. While still encouraging recognition of apostolic ministries in the church today, it may be helpful to use terms like apostolic leaders or functions rather than to describe anyone as holding the office of apostle at this point in history. In effect, this discourages a misuse of the title of apostle that could often open the door to serious abuses or errors in belief. On the other hand, it recognizes the place and imp- importance of apostolic functions and services associated with pioneer ministries. In connection with Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 through 13, the conjunction until Ephesians 4 verse 13 suggests that all five leadership ministry gifts mentioned, including the apostolic ministry, continue to be essential for bringing the entire body of Christ of Christ followers to the level of Christian maturity described in Ephesians 4.13. Prophets Alright, so we talked about apostles. Prophets in the New Testament were those Spiritual leaders who were uniquely gifted in receiving and communicating direct revelation from God by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. One of their main concerns was the spiritual life and purity of the church and the new covenant. God's plan of spiritual salvation and renewed relationship with people through the life and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. were chosen by God and given power by the Holy Spirit to bring a message from God to his people. Acts chapter 2 verse 17, Acts chapter 4 verse 8, Acts 21 verse 4. Old Testament prophets are foundational for understanding the prophetic ministry in the early church. The main task of Old Testament prophets was to deliver a message from God as inspired by the Holy Spirit in order to encourage people to remain faithful to their covenant relationship with God based on His laws and promises to them and honor faithfulness and obedience to Him. They also at times predicted the future as the Spirit revealed it to them. Christ and the original apostles serve as examples of the Old Testament ideal of true prophets. Prophets function within the New Testament church in the following ways. They were spirit-filled speakers and interpreters of God's word, called by God to warn, challenge, comfort, encourage, and build up God's people. Acts chapter 2 verse 14 through 36, Acts 3 verses 12 through 26, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 3. They were to exercise the gift of prophecy. They were at times seers. First Corinthians, First Chronicles, chapter twenty-nine, verse twenty-nine, who foretold the future. Acts chapter eleven, verse twenty-eight. Acts twenty-one, verses ten through eleven. 
Like the Old Testament prophets, the New Testament prophets were to expose sin, speak about what is right by God's standards, warn of judgment to come and battle worldliness and spiritual complacency and unconcern among God's people. Luke chapter 1 verses 14 through 17 because of their message of righteousness standing for what is right and true and maintaining a right relationship with God prophets can expect rejection by many in the church when the people are spiritually unconcerned or rebellious the prophets character concern desire and ability include <coughs> a passion for church purity John chapter 17 verses 15 through 17. First Corinthians, <coughs> sorry. First Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 through 11. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 through 25. A deep sensitivity to evil and the ability to identify anything that opposes or defies God. <coughs> Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9. An alertness to the danger of false teachings. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Matthew 24, verse 11. Matthew chapter 24, verse 24. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 12 through 15. Galatians 1, 9. Galatians chapter 1, verse 9. A strong dependence on God's word to confirm his or her message. Luke chapter 4, verses 17 through 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 3 through 4. 2 Timothy 3 chapter 3 verse 16. A concern for the spiritual success of God's kingdom and purposes. Matthew chapter 21 verses 11 through 13. Acts chapter 20 verses 27 through 31. And an ability to share God share in God's feelings. Matthew chapter 23 verses verse 37. Luke chapter 13, verse 34. John chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. The New Testament prophet's message, if it is not specifically recorded in Scripture, is not to be considered infallible. Perfect and capable of error. The message must be evaluated by the church and other prophets, and above all, it must be consistent with the message principles. <coughs> Excuse me. And pattern of God's word. In this way, a church congregation is required to discern and test whether a prophet's message is truly from God. First Corinthians chapter fourteen verses twenty nine through thirty three. First John chapter four verse one. Prophets continue to be necessary to God's purpose for the church. A church that rejects God's prophets will decline in spiritual sensitivity and discernment. It will gradually drift toward worldly attitudes and behaviors because it will compromise and abandon biblical truth first corinthians chapter 14 verse 3 cross-reference matthew chapter 23 verses 31 through 38 luke chapter 11 verse 49 acts chapter 7 verse 51 through 52 if prophets are not allowed to bring spirit promote prompted words of challenge, discipline, and warning, as well as encouragement, words exposing sin and offenses against God, John chapter 16, verses 8 through 11, as well as comfort, then the church will likely become a place where God's voice can no longer be clearly heard. In such cases, church politics and programs will be substituted for the Spirit's power. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 3 through 5. 2 Peter chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. 2 Peter chapter 2 verses 12 through 22. Yet if the church and its leaders hear and receive God's word through the prophets, the people will turn from their sin, experience a renewed relationship with Christ, and enjoy the Spirit's presence in clear and powerful ways. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 3, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 19 through 21, Revelation chapter 3 verses 20 through 22. Evangelists in the New Testament, evangelists like Philip, 
Acts chapter 8 were godly ministers who were gifted and commissioned by God to proclaim the gospel good news of spiritual salvation to those who did not know Christ. Evangelists helped to establish new ministries and Christian works in cities and among people who needed to be awakened to faith in Christ. Acts chapter 8 verses 4 through 40. When proclaimed properly, the gospel always carries with it the offer and power of spiritual salvation. Romans chapter 1 verses 16 through 7 and 17. Which is the opportunity to receive forgiveness for sins and to enter a personal relationship with God. The ministry of Philip the Evangelist, Acts chapter 21 verse 8, gives a clear picture of the New Testament pattern for an evangelist's work. Philip preached the message of Christ, Acts chapter 8 verses 4 and 5, Acts chapter 8 verse 35. Many were saved and baptized in water, Acts chapter 8 verse 6. Acts chapter 8 verse 12. Miracles, healings, and rescue from the control of evil spirits accompany his preaching. Acts chapter 8 verses 6 and 7. Acts chapter 8 verse 13. He wanted new followers of Christ to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 8 verses 12 through 17. Cross-referenced with Acts chapter 2 verse 38 and Acts chapter 19 verses 1 through 6. The evangelist is essential to God's purpose for the church. The church that fails to support the ministry of the evangelist will bring fewer people to Christ than God desires. It will become spiritually stagnant and lacking in growth and effective outreach. In contrast, the church that values the gift of the evangelist and continues to grow in their deep desire and love for those who do not yet know Christ will communicate the message of salvation with great power and effectiveness. Acts chapter 2 verses 14 through 41. Pastors. Yeah, because we all love our pastors of our church. Pastors are those whose God-given ministry gifts and calling cause them to devote themselves to oversee and care for the spiritual needs of a local congregation. They are also called elders. Not my words, Pastor Walt. That's the words of the Bible. So yeah, the pastors are also called elders, according to the Bible. Acts chapter 20 verse 17, Titus chapter 1 verse 5, and overseers, overseers, First Timothy chapter 3 verse 1, Titus chapter 1 verse 7. The pastor must exercise leadership in the local church. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 12, <coughs> excuse me, First Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 5. And be an example of moral purity and sound teaching. Titus chapter 2 verses 7 through 8. The pastor's task is to help believers grow as a body. A church under the headship of Christ. And to help develop, equip, and prepare them as individuals and as a church to fulfill their God-given roles of Christian service. Which again, Pastor Walter does. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. A pastor's ministry includes communicating God's word through accurate preaching and teaching and coming against false beliefs, ideas, and teaching. Titus chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. This is how awesome Pastor Walter is because he does all this. The pastor must do his or her best work to ensure that all people under their care remain true and responsive to God's message, work, and grace. Okay, so there you have it. Women can be preachers too because it says he or her, his or her best work. So, women can be preachers. 
Women are not to be silent in the church. Told you there was a reason for that. His undeserved favor, mercy, and hope. Hebrews 12, chapter 12, verse 15. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2. Their task is described in Acts chapter 20, verses 28-31 as safeguarding the original New Testament truth and God's people by watching out for deceptive beliefs and false teachers within the church. The article... Oh, we'll see that later. We're not going to read that article right now. Pastors function as shepherds. Caring and protecting their flock, the church, of which Jesus, as the good shepherd, is a model. John chapter 10, verses 11 through 16. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 2 through 4. The New Testament pattern shows a number of pastors directing the spiritual life of a local church. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Pastors were chosen, not through human strategy or popularity, but through the Holy Spirit's wisdom given to the church as it examined the candidate's character and spiritual qualifications. Pastors are necessary to God's purpose for his church. The church that fails to select The church that fails to select godly and faithful pastors will not be guided by the mind of the Spirit. First Timothy chapter three verses one through seven. It will be a church left exposed to the destructive forces of Satan in the world. Acts chapter twenty verses twenty eight through thirty one. The preaching of God's word and the true standards of Christ's message will be absent. Second Timothy chapter one verses thirteen through fourteen. Members and families of such a church will not receive proper care according to God's purpose. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 6, 1 Timothy chapter 4 verses 12 through 16, 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 20 through 21. Many will turn away from the truth and embrace myths and human philosophies about God. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 4. When godly pastors are appointed, however, church members will be spiritually nourished on God's word and accurate teaching. They will be a disciplined people who serve God's purpose purposes effectively. First Timothy chapter four verses six to seven. Churches with godly pastors will be taught to live by the teachings of Christ and his original apostles so that the people will grow in their relationship with Christ through their spiritual salvation and be able to pass the message on to others. First Timothy chapter four verse sixteen. Second Timothy chapter two verse two. Teachers are those who have who have a special God given gift to clarify, explain, and communicate God's word in order to build up the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter four verse twelve. The special task of teachers is to guard by the Holy Spirit's help the message of truth given as a trust to them. Second Timothy chapter one verses eleven through fourteen. They are faithfully to point the church to biblical revelation and to the original message of Christ and the apostles, and to help equip God's people for the work of ministry. Ephesians chapter four verse twelve. The primary purpose of biblical teaching is to promote and preserve truth and to produce holiness, moral purity, spiritual wholeness, separation from evil, and dedication to God. And all of God's people, it does this by leading people into uncompromising devotion to the godly lifestyle described and shown in God's word. The Bible states that the goal of Christian instruction is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. This means that the evidence of genuine Christian learning is not just in what a believer knows but also in how he or she lives. Does this person show true love, purity, faith, and godliness? 
Teachers are necessary to God's purpose for his church. If the church ignores or fails to give believers access to the instruction of teachers who remain faithful to God's word, Christians will lose their concern for the truth and authority of the message. As a result, believers begin to accept incorrect interpretations of Bible teaching and develop an unhealthy desire for misguided religious experiences and human philosophies rather than God's revealed truth. But godly teachers who are guided by the Spirit will base their beliefs, behaviors, and lifestyles on the truth of God's written word. The church that listens to godly teachers will expose and reject ideas and behaviors that compromise the purity of Christ's original Christ's original message. God's word will become the test of all teaching, and the church will be constantly reminded that the Spirit's inspired word is the highest and final truth and authority of for faith and life. So now, according to we're going to go to Colossians chapter 3. Verse 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Hebrews chapter 13, verse Bible training for Christians and what you have heard before we go to the book of Hebrews and read that scripture. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Second Timothy chapter two verse two. The church, the community of all true followers of Christ locally and worldwide, has the responsibility to safeguard the true and original teaching and message of Christ and of those he commissioned to deliver that message as recorded in the Bible. This includes passing the truth on and committing it to trustworthy individuals without distortion, compromise, or corruption. In order to do this, there must be sound Bible-based teaching and instruction within the church. The Bible gives the following reasons for biblical and theological training involving the study of religion, the Christian faith, and God's relation to the world. Whether in the home, church, or school, to entrust the message of Christ to faithful believers in order that they may know, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 8, 
guard second timothy chapter 1 verse 14 and teach true bible-based faith first timothy chapter 4 verse 6 first timothy chapter 4 verse 11 second timothy chapter 2 verse 2 and godly standards romans chapter 6 verse 17 first timothy chapter 6 verse 3 to show students the great necessity to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints Jude chapter 3, and to give them the means by which to defend it against false teaching and philosophies. Acts chapter 20, verse 31. Galatians 1, verse 9. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. Titus chapter 1, verse 9. To lead students into continual character growth through godly teaching. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 3. Cross reference with Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Psalms chapter 1 verses 2 and 3. Psalms 119 verses 97 through 100. Matthew chapter 28 verse 20. John chapter 17 verses 14 through 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 1, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, to equip students to help other believers grow stronger and more mature in their faith, character, and behavior. The goal is that together they may reflect Christ's image, his character, person personality and purpose in their homes, the local churches, the schools and communities in the body of Christ, the all time worldwide community of true Christians as a whole. Ephesians chapter four verses eleven through sixteen. To bring students into a deeper understanding and experience of God's kingdom, his supreme power, authority, purposes and way of life, and his conflict against Satan's power, Ephesians chapter six, verses ten through eighteen. To motivate students through the eternal truth of God's word, to be passionately committed to spreading the message of new life through Christ to people of all nations and cultures who do not yet have a personal relationship with him. This is possible only in the power of the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20. Mark chapter 16 verses 15 through 20. To deepen students' experience of Christ's love, personal companionship, and gift of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 17, verse 3. John chapter 17, verse 21. John chapter 17, verse 26. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 through 19. By urging them to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit who lives in them. Romans 8, verse 14. By bringing them into the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And teaching them to pray, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Fast, go without food for a limited time to give greater attention to prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. And worship as they joyfully anticipate the return of Jesus Christ, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Titus chapter 2, verse 13. It is obvious from these purposes of Bible-based training that instruction must be done only by those who are intensely loyal to Scripture as God's fully inspired word. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. And who are open to the powerful work of the Holy Spirit in and through them. Note that the, that true Bible-based training emphasizes true righteousness, a right relationship with God that affects not only what we know, but also what who we are and what we do. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. It is not simply a matter of intellectual knowledge and comprehension of biblical facts or truths. The great teachings revealed in God's 
word our redemptive truths, spiritually saving, restoring, and life transforming, not academic ones, as issues involving life or death, they demand a personal response and decision from both teacher and student. James chapter 2, verse 17, Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. And now we're going to go to our Hebrews. Through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Revelation. Chapter 5, verses 9. Through fourteen, I can write fourteen down. But before we go to the book of Revelation, we're going We'll come back and talk about the Christian's relationship to the world, which is like the outside world, um, or the world that we live in, rather. So we're going to go to Revelation chapter 5. Verse 9 through 14. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God. And they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures, and the elders the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands sang with a loud voice worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and i heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever and the four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. Revelation chapter 7 verses 9 through 12. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples, 
and languages standing there for before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. The one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes? And from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Revelation chapter 19 verses 1 through 6. After this, I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for his judgments are true and just. For he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Once more they cried out, Hallelujah! They, the smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who was seated on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And from the throne came a voice, saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, small and great. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the war of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah. For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. I will see you all in the next podcast. I will read the articles on praise, worship, peace of God. And then we'll read the article on the Christian's relationship to the world. in the next podcast. Love y'all. See you then. Stay tuned.